This is something that like 99% of bands get wrong. They release the song and then they start scrambling to make a music video and it's not very planned out and then they just drop it because they can't risk waiting any longer because the buzz is dying out on their song and yada, yada, yada. You want to get this right. This is the Self-Recording Band Podcast, the show where we help you make exciting records on your own, wherever you are, DIY style. Let's go. Hello and welcome to the Self-Recording Band Podcast. My name is Malcolm Ownflood. This is a bit of a different episode. We are going to share with you an episode from my other podcast, which is called Your Band Sucks at Business. We thought it would be relevant for our listeners on this podcast because everybody on this podcast is recording and releasing music. But if you want to successfully release music, you have to handle the business of being in a band. And that is exactly what we talk about on YBS. I think it'll be valuable to you. And this episode in particular was very popular. It is called What You Need to Do Before Releasing New Music. And it's all about generating release assets, which are all of the things you'll need to, you know, post online and send out either before you release or after. But the important thing is that you have to, have to, have to get them done and made and generated before you release it. Ideally, even before you announce it, in my opinion. This is something that like 99% of bands get wrong. They release the song and then they start scrambling to make a music video and it's not very planned out. And then they just drop it because they can't risk waiting any longer because the buzz is dying out on their song and yada, yada, yada. You want to get this right. So uh, I think you'll enjoy this. This is kind of like the second half. It's like the perfect partner podcast for the self-recording band. And if you enjoy it, I think you should just go over and subscribe to Your Band Sucks at Business because we have, I don't know, 80 or 90 episodes so far of topics just like this. I think you'll find it very valuable. And uh, I just want to say thank you for listening to the self-recording band podcast and to anybody that picked up our mixing course, Mixes Unpacked. Thank you very much. I'm super stoked to talk to you about that and how you're enjoying it and to meet up with you for the Q&A, which may or may not have already happened by the time this episode goes out. Not too sure. But anyways, enjoy the episode. Benny has got tons on his plate, so he's sending this one out. And this is a pre-recorded one that we released a while back with myself and my co-host on that podcast, Marcus Banhas, who was the drummer in my band and also drums for a ton of other crazy acts like uh, Current Swell, for example, is a, a very successful Canadian band that he drums for. All right. Enjoy, and I look forward to hearing how you liked the episode. Hello and welcome to Your Band Sucks at Business, a podcast on the business of running a band. My name is Malcolm Ownflood. I am joined today by my wonderful co-host, current ticket holder to see John Mayer, Marcus Manhas. What is up, everybody? Yes, I am a ticket holder for John Mayer. And just in case you're wondering, I am I am going to see John Mayer in Toronto. (laughs) He's not just going to scalp the tickets off. (laughs) Yeah, that was the plan, but Malcolm told me I can't do that, so... It's frowned upon. I guess I'll go and watch him. I don't even like John Mayer. Yeah, I actually have two extra tickets to see Elton John, and I got to figure out what my plan is there. I don't know why. I just kind of figured, like, oh, somebody will want to go. <laughs> do you, how many did you buy? Uh, eight. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that went pretty big. Yeah. Holy <laughs> But uh, three pairs are, are taken care of, so it's just the one extra pair. 
I'll find somebody. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It won't be hard to find someone who wants to go and see Elton. Oh, Elton. It's just a weird decision, though, because I had the three people, the three couples lined up. I was like, that's, we only need six. You know what's funny? I used to do that with tickets. I'd be like, well, I'm just going to buy six, even though it's just, you know, me and Katie going, (laughs) I'll buy six of them. And then actually with John Mayer last year, I think I bought like something like that. And then at the very end, someone was going to take them. And then like the day before they were like, oh, I can't go. Oh no. Yeah. And I was like, first of all, I'm not friends with that person anymore. Yeah. Well, I'm just kidding. I kind of am, but they, that was not cool. <laughs> and then, so I ended up just being like, well, if anyone wants a John Mayer ticket, mm. come to Vancouver and I'll give you a John Mayer ticket. You forgot to message me apparently. No, I did. You were like, I hate John Mayer. John Mayer sucks. Dude. Your body's in Wonderland's trash. <laughs> like, he's a pop star. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Malcolm <laughs> didn't say any of that. But anyway, yeah, I'm pumped. I just bought them on the way over here, kind of. Yeah. I bought them in Malcolm's driveway. Like, yeah. Malcolm, I'm busy. I'm buying tickets. I literally came out into the driveway to like tell you to park somewhere else and you just sat there looking at your phone. I just gave you <laughs> one, thing, like, one second. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? This is weird. Buy tickets. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, let's talk about... Actually, there's, there's a segue here. I'm not going to use it. It's too, it's too bad. All right. Oh, uh, so last episode, we talked about generating assets for a tour and getting stuff together that you need before you go on tour. And this episode is going to be similar, but it is generating all the assets you need before you release music, which is equally as important, if not more so important. Um, so this is all the prep work you can do before you release music. And ideally, a lot of these things are stuff that you can, like we're, we're going for like the, the, the impactful things that really matter. That's uh, it's like a checklist of things that will really make a difference. We think, yeah, the the big the bigger things that and a lot of, like a lot of these things are probably things that you're going to do anyway. But there's a lot of things in here that I think people forget about until the song is released. <laughs> like release day, you're like, oh, I totally forgot that I'm supposed to do that. Or if you're thinking about how to promote the song after it's already released, you're kind of maybe behind the ball a little bit. So hopefully, generating these assets and thinking about them ahead of releases will just help you know you just won't you won't be missing anything once it actually time you know the time comes to for the song to go live totally so this is actually the last point on our list but i want to mention it at the beginning as well and that is that you don't get to choose a release date until you've done all this work um we'll come back to that again but just like plant that in your head now the release date is the last thing you're choosing and you know what actually isn't on here marcus that needs to be the first step Record the music. Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess that's true. Record a song. Yeah. It has to be finished, you know, recorded, mixed, mastered, approved by everyone. Like, it's done. It, you're not going back asking for more revisions. It's a finished product that you have possession of. That needs to be your first asset. And obviously, that is the most important asset. Well, we're thinking of that, actually, it's drawing to mind that I personally think it's really silly not to have an instrumental version of the song ready as well yeah for sync mm-hmm. yeah 100 percent. yeah you should definitely have inst- instrumental or like you know vocal up instrumental mm-hmm. stems if you can have them yeah if you can get stems it's even better because yeah a lot of sync obviously we talk about sync on this podcast so you kind of already know that you want to be trying to get sync yeah um but yeah it just makes everything so much faster and man nothing worse than someone being like we need a quick turnaround on the sync like can you sign it in four hours and can you get us the assets and within the same amount of time and you're like 
oh, I don't even know where the instrumental is. So totally. can I get back to you tomorrow? And yeah, then you it, miss out. And if you don't have it and you're asking your engineer for it at that point, you're not going to get it yeah. in four hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, have at least an instrumental. It's really, really easy to get that. And I, yeah, I personally think getting stems and there's other alt versions you can get as well that I think are totally worth it. Just be aware that depending on your arrangement for your, how you are paying for your album, you might have to pay for that time. Yeah. But it, it's, it's so worth it. It's definitely worth it. Yeah. It's definitely worth it if you're going after sync and you should be going after sync. So yeah, good call on that. Yeah. But not only just for sync, it's also good for promo. Yeah. You know, you don't want to give away the course, but you want to have the music in the background of like a promo video or something like that. Um, yeah. You hide the lyrics or play through videos for a thing for a while. It could be again. Maybe they still are. I have no idea. Yeah. I think in some genres, they probably still are. I yeah. imagine anything technical. Yeah. It's also like something cool you can give to like, if you have a Patreon or something, it's mm-hmm. just kind of a value add for sure. So the music, that's your number one asset. Absolutely. After that, you have to start thinking about stuff like album artwork, or yeah. s- single artwork, you know, depending on what you're releasing and, and getting that together again in advance of choosing a date. We still haven't chosen a date. This has to all be coming in earlier. I know we've talked about this a little bit. We're both fans of hiring professionals for this stuff. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, album artwork's one that I see lots of bands slapping together at the last minute, you know, which can, I mean, if that works for you, I guess that's fine. But I'm thinking here, like you want to be, you want your single or your album to be ingested into Spotify and, and like your DSPs really early on, like at least a month in advance of the release. So you, of course, need to have your album artwork and your single artwork at least a month in advance. Yeah. Anything that you need to upload the single to just, you know, Spotify and whatever, obviously that has to be done very, very early on. So that's the thing. You see bands releasing a single in like two weeks and they're like, oh shit, we need single art because we need to upload it. And to me, I think like at that point, you should probably just push back the release <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like a month and just get everything in order. But yeah. Almar works a big one that people leave to the end, weirdly enough. Yeah. And I just think that's a big mistake. Yeah. And don't forget your like pre-release marketing branding stuff. You need like, you know, probably art for your socials that is in the theme of what you're going to be releasing yeah. and what the whole image is for your your whole new release. So the the smart band would be thinking about that while they're recording yeah. so that they can start in, implementing as soon as they decide to kind of start going public with this release. Yeah. Yeah. And getting ideas during the recording part, like a lot of bands are doing that in the studio. If there's, you know, if the drummer's done their parts, then yeah, you can start thinking about these release assets. They're really the better, really. So definitely. Yeah. And I, you know, so album artwork, single artwork is kind of the same conversation there. Um, get on it early. An EPK. What's an EPK, Marcus? An electronic press kit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. An electronic version of the old paper press kits that used to get sent sent around. Now we can just do it in a PDF. Mm-hmm. How nice is that? But EPKs are still useful. I think a lot of people think that they're kind of 2010 era and no one really cares about them, but they are very useful. And the thing is, once you start releasing and it, once you start hiring like a promoter, a radio promoter mm-hmm. or a publicist or any sort of team member who needs assets from you, if you have an EPK that already has all this stuff in it, it's so easy to just send them a link to your EPK. Totally. And an EPK doesn't have to be hosted on your website. It can be a Google Drive folder or a Dropbox folder that just has all the assets in it, like promos, bios, really anything. The, the more, the better, honestly. If it's nicely labeled and laid out for people, it just makes everything so much easier. And 
even, you know, with the releases that we're doing right now with management, we're always getting requests for promo assets. People are like, oh, can you send over this list of things? And for shows, same thing. Can you send this list of things? But if you already have it in an EPK, it's perfect. Totally. Just send them a link. It's done. So we've already done that that work. That's an asset that's going to, it's going to, you know, pay for itself 20 times over in the first week of a release. Right. Yeah. And what a a difference maker, if you're just thinking even about like submitting to festivals and stuff, if your submission includes an EPK that shows everything good about your band that's ever happened yeah, yeah. <laughs> versus somebody that doesn't have that. It's just, you know, like if somebody reads that, they're going to know way more about your band and there's way, just a better connection. Hey friend, this is Benedict from the selfrecordingband.com. And if you are producing your own songs, I have a question for you. Do you ever listen to your music and feel like something is just off? Maybe the drums sound weak or the guitar tone bothers you, maybe the vocals don't really cut through the mix, or the whole thing just doesn't sound finished and professional, but you can't really put your finger on it. I know you want to release big, punchy, professional sounding songs, right? The type of authentic, unique art that connects with your audience on a deep level. But you're just not sure what's missing with your recordings. Somehow you just can't connect all the dots. And I get it, the amount of things to learn and all the conflicting information out there can be really overwhelming especially if you're a lone wolf trying to figure it all out on your own, right? Now here's the good news. Whether you've been self-recording for years or you're just setting up your first home studio, I want to offer you my personal one-on-one help. As long as you are determined to put in the work, I'm offering a limited amount of free one-on-one coaching calls with me. On this hour-long call, we'll dive deep into your recordings and create a personalized roadmap for you to finally solve the issues you're struggling with so that you can release music that you'll be proud of forever. If you are ready to see and believe that it's actually possible to achieve your goals and make the records you've always wanted to make, then go to theselfrecordingband.com slash call and apply for one of my limited coaching spots. I can assure you that making exciting and successful DIY records is very doable. We've done it. Lots of other people have done it. You can do it as well. Talk soon. theselfrecordingband.com slash call along with an epk one sheets are still a thing right one sheets are really really effective if they're done well and for anyone who's listening doesn't know what a one sheet is literally one page of an epk essentially so your highlights are on one page and they're usually pretty graphic intensive you know they look really really nice but they have all your your highlights on one accessible page that it's hyperlinked. It's got maybe a couple of your music videos. It's got your quick stats on it, a quick shortened bio. Mm -hmm. You don't want to just drown them in a, you know, a huge ass 5,000 word bio, but yeah, it's a one sheet. It's just one sheet with all your highlights on it. And think about like booking agents and buyers. They're getting so many, so many people and so many agents pitching to them all the time. They don't really have time to go through a whole EPK sometimes. Mm -hmm. So, a one sheet is is great. It's basically just the best of the best, really easy to digest and, and to you know pick out the information that a buyer might want. So those are still really useful. I think it's definitely worth making one or getting one made if you're not, if that's not your thing. Um, you totally. can definitely hire someone to make it. Yeah, they're very useful. Another asset. Agreed. Agreed. Even though it's not like a public facing asset, it's totally a fantastic thing to have. Yeah. Good call. Uh, Don't post that on your social. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not for, not for your fans. Yeah. It's for the industry folks. Well, something that also doesn't get started soon enough, I think, 
is music videos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or any sort of video content. Yeah. Yeah. Really, you can start a music video as soon as you have like a, a reference rough mix of your song. Yeah. You can just get it bounced from the start of the session so that there's no sync issues down the road kind of thing. And it doesn't have to be mixed. It just has to be a rough mix. And, and you can work with that and get started at least like planning the concept and stuff mm-hmm. for your video and, and get that kind of squared away. And that's another thing that's kind of always rushed and always trying to think of an idea at the last minute. Yeah. And trying to contact video producers at the last minute and be like, can we get a music video in like three weeks? And they're like, most of them are like, you know, if they're, bi- if they're good, they're going to be busy. Totally. And a lot of them are booking, well, I don't know, a lot longer in advance than that. So yeah, the, the more time you give anybody who's part of this release, uh, the better. And the earlier you think about things like music videos and graphics and things like that, the better quality they're going to be for the most part. It just makes it easier. The more time you have to sit and think about the music video and to kind of plan it, you know, the smoother it's going to go. Totally. And the better the concept usually. An interesting thought here that just occurred is that uh, the further you get in your career and the the higher level of caliber of like videographers and stuff you're hiring, the longer that wait time gets, yeah. the more lead time you need to get stuff done because there are larger companies, they're busier and booked further in advance. When you get into high budget videos, they have to schedule like a truck full of gear yeah. and a bunch of staff to come and do grip and lighting and stuff and electrics and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And there's nothing worse than being that band who's like, oh, I know you're busy. Like you could squeeze us in. And you don't want to be the video that was squeezed in either because no. it's probably going to be a piece of shit. Probably will be. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe it won't be. But I just think it's it's more, yeah, just less stress for you during a release is uh, always a good thing. And planning ahead is going to, is gonna yeah, ease the stress. Yeah, absolutely. Then after that would be lyric video. Uh, it's just another form of video content. These days, everybody's recommending at least two forms of video content, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, have a music video, do a lyric video. Lyric videos are really cheap and consumers love them, even if most musicians seem to hate them. I don't get this divide, but it's there, it's real. Yeah, I don't get it either. I hate them. But uh, yeah, I do think they're useful. And yeah, that's that's a nice one. Lyric videos, for the most part, can be pretty hands-off. You're not, you know, there's nothing, you don't really need to be involved in it. You can just sort of delegate it to someone and have it done and not even really think about it till it comes in. That's the great thing about lyric videos or any, you know, any content like that. A music video for the most part, you're going to be there. If you're not in the video, you're still going to want to be there to make sure everything's, you know, going the way you want it to. But yeah, lyric videos are an easy one to do without having to spend too much effort. Yeah. I mean, I remember we did a, a big budget music video, a fairly big budget music video for one song and a lyric video for the same song and our lyric video outperformed. Yeah. And it was like, that's frustrating. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's also awesome. You know, people liked it. So that's great. And, you know, you could look at that as a win as well. Like, okay, that only cost us 400 bucks instead of 10,000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. Good to know. Right. But uh, it, that's not going to be the case for everything, obviously. Yeah. And a little less artistically satisfying for us. <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't like lyric videos. Yeah. <laughs> and that, but you know what? That one did well. Yeah. Yeah. Any video content, plan ahead. Totally. Totally. Another, another overlooked one, hilariously, Spotify, Canvas. And I say hilariously because it might be the easiest one to do. <laughs> right. Especially if you already have. I find that the best way to do them is if you have a music video or or some sort of video content already, just take an eight second clip of it. Mm-hmm and crop it you know to portrait 
or 16 by nine vertical and that's it. It's so, they're so easy to do and hardly anyone does them. Right, right. Yeah. And Spotify did release, I, I, I'm not even going to say the numbers, but apparently it's a pretty substantial like increase in listenership. Yeah. Which I don't really get. I, th- I think it's like retention. Right. People want it. Yeah. Okay. They like, it shows up and they don't click skip. Kind yeah. Of thing. Fair enough. It's because it's interesting to watch the canvas. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, true. So little visual stimulation. Stimulant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stimulization. Yeah. Yeah. They're really simple. And, and the nice thing is everyone can do them now. Whereas before you had to be basically invited into canvas, it was like a beta thing and right. only big artists had access to it. Now, Anyone can do it, which is good and bad because there's probably a lot of crappy canvas out there. There probably is. Actually, I think DistroKid has like a little creation tool. Oh, does it? I think so. Oh. They have like a little single artwork creation tool, I'm pretty sure too. I would love to interview somebody from DistroKid. We should just reach out to them. We should. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Spotify canvas. Done. Yeah. And yeah, that's another form of video content. We didn't do this, but there's there's also like live performance video stuff as well right that kind of stuff Um, yeah just more video content live streams yeah that's not really an asset you can make I guess but the other thing I was going to think or I was thinking about while we're on the subject of Spotify is pitching to editors Mm. you know that's definitely a bit of an asset because you can kind of not you don't want to reuse the exact same pitch but once you've written one you can kind of use it for your next ones and, and you have a better idea of how they work but that's why I was saying you really want to have your song ingested into your DSPs early because if you're pitching it to, you know, Apple and Spotify, which you should be doing, they're going to want it a month in advance of the single because it, they have such a backlog to go through of pitches now that everyone can pitch, right? So I think that's a that's a really important one also is just to make sure your stuff is ready to go early and you're getting your pitches in as early as you can also. So yeah. And yeah, yeah. Like I said, once, once you've written one of the pitches, you know, they're, they're fairly short, the actual part where you can write, but once you've written that, you have some sort of a template that you can use for future ones and, and you can pitch in, you know, five minutes once you've done it once. Totally. It's quick. Yeah. If you haven't already go check out episode 49, Submit Hub, a case study, uh, which detailed Marcus using Submit Hub to promote some songs and having some really great results that we, we talk about uh, like the the reusable aspects of, of doing a release strategy like that a lot in that episode and how you can just each time take what you've learned and what you've made to get further with the next release. Yeah. Great episode. And maybe we'll jump to that whole promo campaigns part of our list right now, actually. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, there's, there's the submitting for playlists. Um, if you're doing something like pretty big scale, like a radio campaign or something like that, you like that conversation takes months <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Usually, like, once you kind of get your rough mixes back, before you even, even thought of what single you're going to release, you're in contact with your radio team mm-hmm. and publicist, too. Yep. Because that's the thing. You need to coordinate releases with them also, especially if they're busy with another rock band or, uh, you know, whatever genre you're in. If there's someone else in your genre that's also being pitched by that PR company or, you know, if, if there's another rock band who's doing a single at radio at the same time as you the the radio company is going to want to stagger those. Yeah. And so you're kind of, you're kind of at their mercy in a sense. The one thing with radio though, is you don't necessarily have to, the, the, the radio campaign and the actual release of the single don't necessarily have to coincide with each right. other. You don't want them super far apart, but they don't have to be the exact same day. So there's that, but yeah, if you, you know, have a song coming out in two weeks and you reach out to like a radio promotion company, you say, Hey, we have this single coming out. Can you work it 
they might be able to do it, but you're kind of, it's a shot in the dark really at that yeah. point. And honestly, just even getting like the connection made so that they're willing to work with you, it takes long as well. Yeah. So like if it's an existing relationship, maybe you got a chance at that, but otherwise don't, don't, don't bank on it. Yeah. I want to talk people through what you just said and explaining why they might not want to jump on working your song at a certain time. To give you like a super literal example, imagine that you were a rock band, modern rock band, and you're saying, hey, we got a song going to radio August 1st. Let's do it. The Foo Fighters also have a song coming out on August 1st. Even if they said yes and they pushed you, but they're also pushing the Foo Fighters, nobody's going to play your song. Like that, the rock station's going to take the Foo Fighters song, right? Yeah. It's, it's against your best interest to, to, to take a spot that's already taken. Uh, and then also just like imagine being a, a radio music director and getting the email from this this radio promoter that's like, hey, new Foo Fighters song. Also, there's this one. And yeah. it's like it's like yeah. And or like, is it two separate emails? It's like, okay, you've already emailed me. Like, how much time am I giving you? Yeah. For consideration. So yeah, that that's kind of the thing. You have to coordinate with your plan or with your team. Sorry, you have to coordinate with your team, and that they're the experts in that field as well. You should be asking for their feedback. And the the other thing with radio too is there's. If you're in Canada, there's CanCon, which is Canadian content. And a certain amount of music that's played on radio has to be Canadian content. So that's one thing that radio promoters are aware of and and looking at is how much CanCon is out there right now. You know, if there's a backlog of CanCon at radio, if there's like five or six songs from, you know, the biggest Canadian radio rock bands and you're trying to release your single around that same time, the chances are so slim of you even getting a spin at that point because these you know the the radio stations their their focus is on these big cancon bands Mm -hmm. and so that makes sense so you kind of need to talk to them and you need to figure out when there's going to be a little bit of a break in the cancon and you know they'll they'll advise you when they think of course for them they they want the best chance of success you know possible so for them they're going to try to choose you know when there's a lull in yeah. CanCon or or when there's not like a massive release coming out where you know they want you to stand a chance at radio so yes yeah, talking to these teams early on is super important and and it's something that um you should start you know when you're getting rough mixes or it, basically as early as you can you want to start making the connections if you don't already have a working relationship with radio teams and publicists absolutely so yeah i guess you just kind of mentioned publicist as well it's the s- same deal yeah they need to be in the conversation very early and again, they, they're experts. You should be getting their feedback on what, what they think as well is a good idea for like a release date and, and plan. And even song, I think, is kind of a consideration that you should loop people in on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially radio promoters will want to have an, a, say a say on yeah, the song. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, they're the ones who are pushing it. And publicists are going to also tell you what assets they want. You know, they're, they're going to take a look at your promos and, and your mm-hmm. bio and, and the stuff that you have to promote yourself and they're going to tell you either, yeah, this is great, but maybe let's get some more of this. They're going to give you their opinion. And it's really important to have that opinion moving forward because they're experts in the field right. and they know what's, you know, what's got the best chance of working. And actually a publicist that we've been working with lately is very involved in the release schedule, cool, which is awesome. It's really cool because he's, and it makes sense, right? I mean, he's pushing him and his team. They're, they're pushing the single, they're pushing the release. So it's in their best interest to be involved and to give their opinions on what they think is going to work because they're the experts in that field. 
So it's definitely a team effort. It's not just like we're releasing our song on this date. Everybody get on board. Totally. It's very much a collaboration. Yeah. Just their strategy. Just a heads up, listeners, we have a publicist coming on for the episode following this, probably. <laughs> you know, things change. Uh, people get busy and stuff like that. But uh, we're, we're tentatively scheduled, so be ready for that. I'm, I'm super stoked to do yeah. an episode with a publicist. Yeah, that will be great. be great. All right. So we've got the radio promoter, the publicist. Again, I mentioned Submit Hub. You should be getting on that stuff in advance and, and you know, figuring out your plan there. What about doing stuff like hiring PR, like... Spotify companies and stuff like that. Like playlisting. Yeah. What do you What do you think? Uh, it's a tough one. Yeah. It's really tough. It depends on the company. There's a lot of shady. Yeah. Spotify promotion companies out there that you know claim that they can. So far, there's no one we endorse right now. I don't think so. I haven't seen anything that I've thought is legit. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say legit because that's not true, but. I think there's a lot of shady business that happens there. And I I don't think that's a secret. I think there's a lot of stream farming that happens and a lot of business that is, and I'm sure there's legit ones too, but I haven't, I don't know. I just don't have any experience with them. So I can't really say yes or no. Yeah. What I would say is if that's a strategy you're planning to take again, get on it in advance. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You know what I'm, I'm kind of thinking? I think that, I think most of it is, like you said, stream farming, but I think it's like a calculated risk that some people are willing to take. Yeah, where They true. think that that boost in numbers is going to trick the algorithm into throwing them some real playlists. Yeah. And maybe that's right. It's It seems pretty risky to me. It does. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. It, it can work. And that's the thing you get on some editorials maybe or your algorithm that plays go up and that's great. But the downside or, the, or you know, the risk is so massive if Spotify knows that you're farming streams. Yeah. You it get, just, it's, you're get your music removed yeah they just delete it you just don't exist anymore. that's it you're done <laughs> yeah no i don't know it's a huge risk and it's just not worth it also you want to you you know you want to earn those streams you want them to be legit because you want them to be fans you don't want them to be computers no that's not going to help you totally so yeah. i think it's kind of like a, a short-term gambling move but yeah i yeah. mean if that's your your move go ahead yeah yeah for sure no i didn't endorse that never mind <laughs> yeah no but i you know I, I don't have experience with it and i'm sure I'm sure maybe some people do. Right. And maybe they've had success with it. I just think it's very risky and I would not, it's not something that I would do. Yeah. Okay. So anything else under promo campaigns that we should talk about? Nah. <laughs> All right. Uh, then uh, obviously we, we talked about video and artwork and stuff, but you also want to have that pre artwork stuff for updating your socials ahead of it, keeping your whole brand on target for Spotify Instagram, everything. Yeah, yeah, everything should be cohesive. Yeah, and I, I think it depends. Sometimes you want to roll that out ahead of a release. Sometimes it's like a, all of a sudden there's a change and there's a new. You know, that's been like a cool shock tactic. Lately. Yeah, like clearing out the Instagram and then. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Do you know the Rick Rubin thing? How he like posts like a quote and then it's only there for 24 hours and it's just so there's only ever one tile on his page. Oh, really? It's pretty sweet. You yeah, just, I, you have to follow him. I yeah yeah right. I do that. It's cool. <laughs> uh, that guy's so cool <laughs> yes he, he is maybe we should get him on here <laughs> oh my God, can you imagine <laughs> Rick I know you're probably listening so hit us up hit you the know, boys up <laughs> you know that like recurring dream I've had of us flying to interview podcasts or, or guests around the world yeah and uh, that's why you have to subscribe to be our Patreon members by the way so Marcus and I can afford first class flights no so we can buy a jet like that oh uh, yeah we could just buy a jet you're yeah, right yeah that's what we're and going for it's all for first here. class from there <laughs> 
That's a lot of Patreon subscribers. Yeah. That would take millions of you. Or a few that give like a million bucks each. That's not even an option, but we should make it. Like- <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, anyways, uh, if we get Mr. Rick Rubin, I will fly. I will I'll pay for myself. I'll pay for you hey, to I'm go not there too. Buy your t- oh, you'll buy my. Okay, wow. Well, okay. <laughs> All right. I guess I'm I'm a nobody. Good news, Marcus. We got Rick, but I'm going solo because I'm not going to pay for your ticket. <laughs> wow. All right. All right. Anyways, uh, yeah. Support us on Patreon so we can fly to see Rick Rubin <laughs> <laughs> and pay for our legal fees when he kicks us out of his. Shangri-La. Shangri-La, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, so then I think up next is now you can finally book a release tour or a release show, maybe if it's just a show. Yeah. Um, there doesn't have to be a tour with a, every single, obviously, or something like that. And, you know, some people aren't touring at all. But now is the time to think about it because all those other assets exist. It's it's You don't want to do it in the other order, which is really easy to do because everyone else wants to get out there and, and gig but it's it's counterproductive if you don't have these assets to promote it and and help ensure that those shows and that tour do fantastic. The entire last episode was about generating assets for touring. So just go and listen to the first episode again if you're at this stage. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of putting I believe they say the horse in front of the carriage. Mm. Is that what they say? That's what they say. I don't think that would work. Well, I mean, carriage, carriage in front of the front horse. horse. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> wow. No, no, you're right. That the, the no, the, the carriage, carriage in front of the horse. Is yeah, but thing. I said it the other way. I said it, the horse in front of the carriage. Well, oh, you know that's what? That's how carriages work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's that's what, uh, what I meant was if you do it this way, you're putting the horse in front of the carriage, which is what you're supposed to do. <laughs> that's what I meant. <laughs> okay. Anyway, but no. Uh, yeah, people do want to book the tour first. They, they say, and I think because it's exciting. You're like, you know, you just want to get out there and do it. Yep. But you need to milk every last bit out of a release. Yeah. And so you need to do all these things first. And yeah. it really doesn't take that long to do this stuff. Yeah, totally. Like this is just like, I'm, you know, well, it depends on how big budget I guess you go. But I mean, it's really not like a year of work or anything like that. It's just, um, it's just the stuff you need to do to have a successful tour and release. And these things will also pay dividends down mm, the road. Definitely. Because you can reuse them. It's great. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you were to pull up your calendar and schedule in the, like a completion date for each one of these, like, okay, each Saturday, we're yeah. going to knock off one of these things. A couple months, you're done kind of yeah, thing. And totally. Obviously, you could do it a lot quicker than that as well. And I recommend doing that. Make it a little deadline thing. That's a great way to go. And here's an argument. If you do all those things, you can then use them to shop yourself to an agent and then they book the tour for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. <laughs> Just like that. That'd be better. Okay, yes, yeah, so you do that. And now you finally choose a release date yes. with your team. Hopefully through all of this, you've landed yourself a publicist and uh, a radio promoter if you're doing that and uh, an agent. And now you can organize with your team what the hell you're going to do. Yeah, and the thing is, you can start thinking about the release date early on. Sure, you can start thinking about it when you're doing... Really, when you're... You can start thinking about your release date early, for sure. But the thing is that we want to drive home is that you can't solidify one before doing all these other steps Mm -hmm. right so like you do want to have an idea of a release date of course and you can have a tentative one but it's the it's when people like set it and announce it like new single this date yeah you're like but you haven't even you don't have any of these assets yeah i haven't recorded haven't mixed your song but you don't have any of these assets and you haven't even spoken to the team yet so basically we just really want to drive home the point that you need to have all these steps completed before you can actually set and announce a release date. Yeah. Yeah. You told to have a working date. That's, that's great. Again, deadlines are really useful. Yeah. Mental tricks pretty much. And it's just, yeah. Cause there's nothing worse for your 
there's nothing worse for the brand than postponing a release date and once mm. you've already announced it not not good <laughs> yeah so yeah definitely as somebody that mixes and masters music for people this happens all the time the the release date being announced before i've even received the files yeah to work on their song i'm like what if i'm busy and like you haven't even asked me yet <laughs> yeah 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 um, and usually it's really probably quickly after mixing it, too. yeah i've had with uh i think two weeks was my shortest wow i was like okay let's that's this release is gonna flop yeah but, for um, sure yeah, it's too bad, you know? Uh, so just patience. It feels like it has to be now for some reason, but it's just like, yeah, it, does, it won't just matter. Doesn't. Push yeah. it a month and like at least a month and you'll be fine. Yeah, agreed. Cool. All right. I think that wraps it up. Hopefully you found value in this episode. We appreciate you listening as always. If you want to do us a favor, share it on your Instagram. That has been very helpful for us growing our audience. It helps people in all parts of the world find us. Yeah. I had a phone call with uh, Brother Good, <laughs> Brandon Good. Uh, he's a fellow from Alabama on the weekend. So stoked. He's a rad guy, makes killer music. Stoked to work with him. But let's do our, our Patreon shout out. Let's do it. All right. Uh, first up, I want to correct a mistake I made last week. Nathan from the band Shed Monkeys. I said Shed Monkeys last night or last week. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. But his band is no longer called Shed Monkeys. They are called Sleep Shake. And they are a great band. They have a new song coming out. Actually, I think it'll be out by the time this episode airs. So you should totally go check it out. I think I've heard it. I heard some of the new stuff and it was like so crazy good. So if this is one of those songs, dang, sweet. <laughs> it's very sweet. Uh, yeah, one of my favorite engineers and producers over in Vancouver, Maddie D, is uh, done it. Oh, it's, it's so good. Yeah. So anyways, sorry about that, Nathan. Sleep Shake is your band name. You guys rock. And we also have a new subscriber, Jamie Houston, Victimera. Think I'm saying that right? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Victimera. That is Jamie's band. Jamie is also working at a publicist house. A PR firm? A PR firm. That's a better way to say that. <laughs> My God. Not doing well today. Thank you for listening again. I don't even think I told people why I'm saying these names. Yeah, it was a Patreon. I did? Okay, that's good. <laughs> if you say we're doing our Patreon shouts. All right, yes. These are people that subscribe and support us on Patreon. And I talked about that earlier. People are smart enough to figure this yeah, out, Yeah, you're right? fine. You got it. I only had one cup of coffee today. That's my excuse. I mean, it is only 8.30, so that's probably about right, isn't it? Anyway. Not for me. Uh, okay. <laughs> and then we also have Tim Selden from For Fear Itself. We have Carlin from Mulligan. Tay Fance, who was in here recording vocals yesterday. Rob Elo. Kevin from Supreme Remedy, Graham from Carmana, Lucas from Vogue Villains, Grady from Leather Apron Revival, Ryan from Venom and Spirit, Bernard from the Enrons, Chris Erickson from Scove and also our lovely podcast editor, and Evan Miller of The Wild Romantics. Thank you all very much for the support. We totally appreciate it. And we'll be back with another episode next week. Like I said, it should be a guest episode with uh, the head of a PR firm. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Hey friend, thanks again for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed this one, just know that this is just a tiny fraction, a small taste of what we can actually do to help you completely transform your recordings and mixes forever. If you are really serious about your music, if you want to reach your goals as a self-recording artist, then please apply now for the Self-Recording Syndicate, our coaching program that takes you from where you are to being able to completely independently produce and release exciting sounding music 
forever. If you join that program, you're going to be part of a very, very passionate, dedicated, committed group of self-recording artists from all around the world. And you're going to get a roadmap, guidance, feedback, personal access to me and the team. We're going to do everything, literally everything we can to help you make the best recordings you can possibly make. And it all starts with a free first call, completely free, no strings attached, best case scenario. We're going to end up working together and we're going to completely transform the way your music sounds. Worst case scenario, you're going to get an hour of free coaching and an action plan that you can then take and implement on your own. So if that sounds interesting to you, get started now with your first completely free call by going to theselfrecordingband.com slash call or just click the link in the show notes. See you next week.